The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We'd like to welcome everybody to the show as usual for our Medjinomics every Thursday, 624. But what's not usual is we have Frank in the studio with us today, along with Joan. And so that's a treat for him because he likes to be down here with him. We do that. Yeah, it's it's always a great joy uh, to be here in the studio and record live with you and um Today is a special treat because uh, you have the beginning of the year school program where the community puts on a, a special uh, play about a, a theme for the year. And this year it had to do with what we talk about on Medjinomics, about God and Mammon. And so it was um, this timeline of how the central bank that we call the Federal Reserve in the United States started and there was some focus of the Depression 16 years after the Federal Reserve was created. We're in this, we begin this great depression that starts with a, um, a crash of the, uh, the stock market. And there was a, a family in there that wasn't uh, tied to the system. Like we've, a friend of Medjugorje has been leading us through this program in the book, It Ain't Gonna Happen. 
and they weren't affected by these things because their dependence was on God and they didn't in, invest in these things. They understood that this system was not right. It, it was uh, an evil system. So it's just, it, it's always an awesome time. It's, it's always awesome to, uh, to bring people down to the community and to come here and have a retreat and pray. It's a very, uh, very special time. With the the theme, and we never quite know what Our Lady is going to lead us to do for our school. We pray a lot over the summer, especially, and um, so at the end of each the summer, we get together and and speak about what our thoughts were, and always come to the same conclusion, knowing this was the Holy Spirit's idea. So our focus this year in our in our school is to study these things, and um, always a friend of Medjugorje. Um, we ask him to write something. We don't tell him a whole lot of what's going on, just give him the general outline of what, what we're doing in the school, and then he allows the Holy Spirit to work through him to give an offering to the school. So I'm going to read right now um, his writing that we opened our school year up with. And it's entitled, We Fought for Slavery and Won. It was a war fought bitterly. No one could have imagined how extensive it would be, nor the magnitude of its scope across the world. But Our Lady said there would not be a World War III. Yet there is a world war far greater and more destructive than World War I and II, in which hundreds of millions died, both from the wars as well as from the evil empires which grew up in this time. Stealth is paramount to any victory whether it be a small conflict or a large one. The element of surprise has often throughout history tipped the scale to victory, be the D-Day inv invasion or a young girl rising from nowhere to defeat the English and save France. Victories often surprise the victorious themselves, for even they did not always see it coming. One day there was the Berlin Wall, the next day it had fallen. One day there was a Russian empire, and then suddenly it was dissolved. Many describe these events as miraculous. Were they? Yes, they were miraculous. Stealth events, working together, unseen, until suddenly it appeared that things were changing physically and radically. A stealth plan, to such a degree as the world has never seen before. Rages in front of man, and he notices it not. It has taken him captive, just as a warlord deceives his enemy by giving him gifts, preoccupying him with things that his heart greeds for. Tasting these, man fights for more things that he yearns and lusts for. Materialism, comforts, entertainments, often unconsciously, while slowly they come into his nation, his home, his heart, as a Trojan horse. Man throughout the world chose to accept to be enslaved through materialism, and now he has won. Great is the victory by stealth plans of darkness in enticing man to fight and struggle for his own slavery by enslaving himself. Man and the world with him has embraced and won the victory of slavery, never realizing it was gained 
by the hand of his enemy. Shackles and chains bind man in a way of life that he cannot now escape from. There is no victory in sight for his way of life, which now is slowly crushing him. But a few have shed their one tear of repentance, and just as World War II was brought to a quick end with the dropping of an atomic bomb, there is another opposite plan, a plan of stealth, that the enticer and his enticers, along with most of man, will not see coming. A Trojan horse placed inside a Trojan horse that will from one moment to the next rise up suddenly and appear shining to the whole world, puzzling man with goodness, breaking the shackles and chains of man's direction, who gain freedom through contrition. For the man who refuses to be contrite, there will come a realization in but a moment of horror that he has become enslaved and chained to the imminent death sentence of the present way of life darkness has created. Just when darkness closes in on man and its victory is imminent through the great crash, out of nowhere... A hidden plan by stealth will come. A new victory opposing the anti-victory. Suddenly it will appear, bursting and budding forth freedom, joy, and happiness in this life as no one could have foreseen. A victory of a way of salvation for a new culture that will blossom, paralleling the victory of the cross 2,000 years ago that gave salvation to souls. Two victories, two hearts, 2,000 years apart, though space and time between them, united as one, that brought about the salvation of souls long ago and is now bringing a way of salvation today to the whole world, to a new way of life in a new time. Exciting prophetic words to meditate upon, and perhaps probably the um, the words that stick out the most are what's going on before man, and he doesn't see what's in front of him. Just before the show, uh, Joan was just, we were getting ready for the show, and Joan was just saying how she couldn't hear out of her headset, and so we were playing with it for a little bit, and, and, and uh, she said, well, I, I, it was, it's been like this. And a friend of Medjugorje says, "Why? Why didn't you say anything?" She said, "Well, I, I just, I thought it was just supposed to be that way." And so, it's, it's just amazing to, uh, to think about this. And it reminds me of a story uh, from a friend of Medjugorje a number of years ago. His son Joseph had a rooster, and a pet rooster. And the rooster disappeared one day, and it's a very common thing for chickens around here to get eaten by raccoons. And so, of course, you know, it was a it's a little bit upsetting to lose your pet rooster to a raccoon. And about three days later, after the, rac- after the rooster was gone, a friend of Medjugorje was down in the garden, and his son Joseph, and there was a piece of black plastic laying on the ground. They picked it up, and the rooster pops out and goes, <laughs> <laughs> He thought it was nighttime for three days. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> profound. <laughs> so it's just a, another illustration of what's in front of us. And we don't even realize what we're clouded with. 
Our Lady gives messages to us, to speak to us, but not just the words, not just our daily apparitions. And often it's, it's this way. And as with the rooster who was there for three days, waiting for daylight to come, if he didn't crow, I never would have read it that way. But as soon as it came off, he starts crowing. So, of course, he was emancipated and a little bit dehydrated, I imagine. But what are we as a culture? I mean, we've been in the darkness for so long. Uh, we've got things that's happening that we should ask ourselves why. But we all look to <clears throat> situations where the government's going to settle the problems for us or somebody else is, and we've got away from our independence. Americans have always had the inkling inside of them of independence. We don't want the government over us. We don't like big government. We don't want somebody having to regulate, regulate and tell us every single thing we can do we can't do. And we've given way to these things. And so now we've grown so dependent on this, and we've got youth that's coming up thinking more in a socialist manner, which is very dangerous, because we'll just f go further in being enslaved by this path. And they're, they're doing things because we don't think. I was just told that, and I want to verify all these things, but that our federal government just bought one billion servings of freeze-dried freeze food. Why are they doing that? Yeah, there's people have been listening to Mesonomics, they're doing it. They're thinking about it. But when the government starts thinking about it, and you're still not thinking about it, that should give you a little chill. In Texas right now, they're buying, the state of Texas actually is buying every bit of hay they can get. They ain't got no hay. They don't have enough hay to feed their cattle. I was talking to my son yesterday, and he says that he talked to somebody who goes to the cattle sales and that they have actually cows for the first time not selling. The people that are buying, only the people stocking up for feeding them out for the grocery stores. The other people normally would buy aren't buying because they have no ability to feed them. So that's a good indication right now that you get something because if that's the case now, that means there's going to be a shortage of beef later. So if you're in any position to get a cow, this is the time to go buy it. Don't crash course and do what you need to do. Beef cow, dairy cow is probably the same way, but people are drinking milk, so <clears throat> they're having to pay but hay's gone from like three fifty just a couple of years ago to, to feed stores in Texas to $12 a bale. Round bales with shipping is going $145 a bale because it's not there. They're buying all the way coming back to Mississippi. We've heard people here in Alabama. That's 12 hours from here saying that they've, they've been wiped out. They've been buying all the, all the hay's been bought. <clears throat> so all these things are there. If you're not going to be underneath the plastic in darkness for three days, you'll see it. Come out of that. I know I told another story a little while ago when we were discussing it. It was Joan about her thing that Ronald Reagan, when he was 12 years old, was riding with his mother and father, and her glasses fell down. He picked them up or something, put them on, and he, he, he let out a howl. His parents thought something happened. He saw green on the trees. He saw things he couldn't see before and the birds and stuff. They didn't know he was half blind. He just thought that's the way things were. And so you think just the culture, the way it is, this is just the way the culture is? Do you think the government's buying one billion servings of freeze-dried food because that's just the way it is? They're going to take care of me? Don't depend on them. How long do you think one billion servings are going to last? And who's going to get it? You? Uh-uh. You know, three of them go away a day. Multiply that times a million. 
If you just feed a million people out of 300 plus million people here, that's 300, uh, 300 million meals gone in one day. So that's not going to last very long. So you need to be thinking for yourself. I'm also told that Illinois, I think it's the state of Illinois, is telling people to buy freeze-dried food, secure you some water. These are the people that don't do nothing as far as producing income except by tax money. They don't generate capital. And they're usually not the innovative people. And if they're thinking this, not that I mean government workers, I'm saying that in the sense that it's not an income-generating position that they have. And the income-generation positions that people have make them think because they've got to think where the next meal is coming from. So why is the state thinking about telling you, you need to do this? Well, it's the same reason we quoted uh, Indonesia, I think it was, was the president was telling them to start growing your gardens. The signs are there. But even this is temporary. Who wants free dry food? You need to change to a new way of life. And that's what Medjinomics is about. That's what Ain't Gonna Happen is about, is to change the direction of life and live differently. What I wrote yesterday that Joan just read. We fall into this enslavement. We accept it. And even this being servings of freeze-dried food is more enslavement. Break away from that. You know what else the federal government's doing? I just, just told this. I want to verify it, but I heard it came from a reliable source. They just purchased 12 million waterproof body bags. Think. Meditate. Now, why'd they do that? What are they expecting? What are they forecasting? You know, we do have a CIA. We do have intelligence. I wrote and look what happened when he slipped four years ago four years ago that the part of the CIA intelligentsia had determined that the European Union by two thousand fourteen to two thousand eighteen will fail. And four years ago, they looked solid. And now everything in we're hearing about the, the forecast for Europe is not really good right now. And the euro. And even now the Swiss franc was happening. And they're devaluing it. And so the federal government, I don't depend on them a lot, but usually when they're doing something, that can give you something they're thinking and anticipating. There's something somewhere knows or has forecasted something. 12 million waterproof body bags. We're not thinking. We're letting the TV do it. The billboards. The school board. Even our church. I think it's absurd when we open a bulletin, church bulletin, and on the back there's a hundred listings. The bereavement committee. The bereavement, bereavement committee. You know, we got to have a committee now to go see somebody's family who died. When used to, the whole neighborhood just suamied into that house. Food, what do you need? Cove, care, love. Where did that go to? The same position where our priest went to in the parish. Administrators. We've become too mega, too big. Our lady's coming to break things up into a micro system. Uh, localized things, self-governing communities. It's the future. Read Tipping Point. Friend of us from, that, from uh, Chattanooga sent me the book a year and a half ago. It's a fantastic book. It's secular, but it's very accurate. 
And the only thing that thrives and really works and is powerful is a small group of people. Twelve apostles. The whole church is laid on not them twelve, but one. God does it that way. The single cell divides, turns into something else. It's not the mega church. It's a small little parish in the corner that produces the fruitful vocations, family life, and social life in the community. Our kids went out the other night. We're getting toward the October moon, beautiful nights. We might sit by a lake that we have here. They came back the next day and said, we could just sit there all night and just talk. Just talk. They wasn't playing music. They wasn't doing what other kids were doing. They were just out there in nature. And that's their entertainment. I recall some of the first times I went to Medjugorje. One Friday night, climbing cross mountain, unknowing anything about how the programs worked at that time. That was back in 86. Sitting on the steps of the cross uh, on top of the mountain, on cross mountain, looking at all the lights with about eight, maybe nine youths in front of me. And they're praying, and I just sit there and meditate. Mary, you're, you're incredible. You have them up here praying on a Friday night. And I can see, and she, look, off in the distance, these lights, all the youth are out there sinning, and you've got them up here on the mountain. I didn't even know it, but they had an apparition. Maria was there. I, did, I was unaware of that. And Yvonne. And a girl I met later, which was Kathleen, who's a friend of Maria's and been a friend of mine ever since, said that there was an apparition there at that moment. Why did our lady get them on the mountain talking and having fun? They ran down the mountain like a bunch of goats, cutting up, laughing. And this is the environment our kids live in. This is the, the secular side of tipping point. Small community. That's the power. That's what makes up family and that's what makes up nations. And we don't have that. But we do have a mega thought of let's get 12 million body bags. Where are we going? And what are we thinking? Yeah, this uh, situation in Texas, this drought is, is very serious. And I don't know if we realize, you know, how dependent on water we are as we used to. And um, this, it'll, it'll be very serious to uh, food prices in the future. And uh, the depression was also associated with the Dust Bowl, which... Um, you know, that was something else that was going on in the droughts during the 30s that, um, you know, really made life very difficult. And so um, we have, a, you know, an opportunity now to prepare. And with the Swiss franc getting sold off, the dollar strengthening a little bit, some of the um, commodities are going down. And I think that uh, this might be the, the summer's over. Um, silver seasonal for those that haven't yet finished uh, transitioning their money out of Federal Reserve notes into silver, this is a very good time. Sometimes before very big moves, there's a very big washout. And I think that's what we're experiencing this week. So if you have the ability to take advantage of that, uh, this is a good time to get the silver miraculous metal medjugorje around. We have at this time our life, our ladies are given to us, and we believe very strongly we're window of the future. She asked this community to be established. But I would say if anybody could have peeked in here this morning and watched how we started 
our beginning season of our schools and how we operate it, they would be they would be in disbelief, shocked. It's profound. It's beautiful. It's a whole presentation. We went from Jekyll Island all the way through to our present day today. While we're in the state we're in, what's going to happen? I won't say any more. Actually, I was thinking we should open this up for maybe 40 people a month because you can't have too many the way it's staged uh, and the way you go walk through the whole skits and scenes of it. And you get real creative when you don't have TV. You become live. And so nearly three-quarters of the community put this on for the school kids or half the community. It's a community effort for everyone. But it's a social thing that's memoried and burned into our kids' hearts for the rest of their life. And in some ways, it's thrilling. One person came up to me afterwards who was invited, who was not in the community, said, you need to do this at least every quarter and just invite people to come. So maybe we'll look at doing something like that and just have well, I'll just get 40, 40 invitations, uh, first come, first serve, if you want to come, to see this. It'll shock you and thrill you at the same time. But this is the way our life our lady's given it to us, and so we struck the miraculous metal measure around several one-ounce piece for the purpose of Im- taking immediately ste- immediate steps because you don't procrastinate with this. Procrastination does not work. With the investments and the volatility and everything in the state, the things, the conditions they're in at this moment. So you, you, what you can do instantly is change those or those funds or those investments or whatever you may have or whatever you just have sitting there that you can turn into something, into several rounds. This is basically inflation-proof that will rise up with everything else. We're starting to hear now, and people have been telling me they're advertising now, different places now, silver, which they were only doing go. And now they're saying that we're going to see silver $200, maybe more an ounce, which we're of the same belief, Frank's of the same belief. That's not even close to the value of what it's going to be. We've got to find discovery after the falsehood of 549 million ounces a day being sold by paper and the other million ounces physically sold, that once that paper goes, is it, is it total 550 Five. Well, so, sometimes there's more silver sold in a day than the entire mine production, which is 700 million ounces. Sometimes there's a billion ounces. No, 700 million a, a year is sold. 700 year, million ounces a year are mined, but in one day in the futures market, up to a billion ounces can be traded hands. All and, paper. And, How does it work? Okay, there's two million ounces per day mined. That's physical silver. 700, that calculates out to about 700 million ounces per year. That's worldwide production. Of that 2 million ounces per day, 1 million goes toward industry and 1 toward rounds and jewelry, etc. So you only have 1 million of physical ounces uh, available. And yet you have daily 550 million ounces sold. That's on paper. And as Frank just said, up to a billion ounces in a day. So when that goes away, how can you lose? When people say, I don't want none more of this paper. I think it's crashing. Everything's, quote, falling apart, according to Holy Virgin Mary. You're going to want physical. And that's when it's going to go through the roof. And you're protected. And you'll ride that swami wave. Now, we're not saying to buy that for investment because we don't buy for that reason. We buy it transitionally because above that... 
in the event of the crash hitting at an inopportune time, whenever it hits, is going to be a tomorrow, and there's going to be a day before. Even if that's five years from now, you'll think, oh, yesterday everything was fine, today's just gone. And if you have that physical, you're protected. But tomorrow, or let's say yesterday it hit, today everything's collapsed, you can't eat your silver. So the purpose of this transition gets you someplace unless you have plenty of wealth and you can store it and have it in that. And then you can help other people when the thing, times come. But initially, that's not going to be of any value. It's the means of you're having your own labor, putting your roof over your head, your food on the table, and the needs that you need for the necessities of life. I was just reading a report now. They're saying I think it's 42%, maybe 44% of people in America now are below the poverty level. First of all, I don't believe that in the context of what they're saying because of that, I also read that more than three-quarters of those have a TV, or almost all of those have a TV. Three-quarters of them have two TVs. Uh, most of those have satellite connections. They have an automobile. They have a microwave. They have, they have coffee machine. That All this stuff is listed in there. The Heritage Foundation puts this out. It does this whole study. The square footage that these people in poverty live is higher square footage in poverty than the average upper-middle-class European lives in. So I bring all this up because what does is, what is poor mean? Poor means, if you're really truly poor, it's lacking the necessities to live. That's when you're poor. Not a house. You can not have a house and be able to eat and survive. You can live in a cave. St. Francis did that. I'm not advocating that. I'm saying we're going to see things that we thought we'd never see before. But one is not poor unless they like the bare necessities, the basic necessities to live. Not even the basic necessities. What They need what they need to, to live by, stay alive. But see, we've come to interpret this as transportation, hospitalization. This is not part of the factor. And you're going to see these things wipe away like a puff of smoke. And all those mentalities think, I'm over this. You can keep that right now. And you can be spoiled by this. And the government and people want to keep you underneath their thumb and control you can make you think that you're owed that. That's a, that's a birthright, constitutional right. But you're going to learn real hard when that doesn't come to you, when things collapse, that what were you thinking? How did you buy the lie? Don't let these people tell you, well, you're in the poverty level, you just have to wait on your checks and do that. Get out and do something. How can you be feeding yourself without using dollars? Is there a lot next door? Is there a place for a garden? People are thinking this. People are thinking of seeds. And that's good. And you know what happens if you're growing your own garden? You, somebody just told me this morning they, had, they saw a sign for two free pigs. They got them. They're not even ready for them. So they put them in the dog cage, kick the dog out, put the pigs in. Said the pigs like it. He said, maybe the meat won't taste so good, but I'm going to learn. I says, right. That's what you do. The pigs will teach you what you need to do to make them taste good or how to manage them or how to keep them up. The thing is, you don't want to be doing that when you're hungry. You want to do it in the green wood, not the dry wood. Now's the time to do that. And the guy who had them, the pigs he had were so prolific, they were having 14, 15 litters in their litter. There's two more he can handle you say, I can't get toward this, I can't do that, or I don't have the place. You don't have to have a big place. Medjugorje, they all had a pig in a, in a 10 by 
maybe ninety, maybe eight by six area on cement. They brought them in, they fed them out, they slaughtered them in October. It's beautiful to walk around Midjugorje in October, or used to be. Everybody had their their hogs hanging out, and it's just a neat thing to see. And they're all making the, making the rakia, and it's just a social life with that. It's not the drinking. I mean, they use rakia to clean furniture, so it's just not for drinking. They can even burn their car for gasoline if it runs out. Cause Maria, Maria's put it on the tabletop, struck a match to it, it burns blue. But that's one side of it. But the joy and the culture it brings and how it builds up community is incredible. That's the joy of sitting up with these people all night, listening to their stories. We've lost this to the black box, to the little God we hold in our hand, a text stone. So there's a lot to be thinking about. Um, you just come here and go through our school and read what I was on the walls if you're passing through here. And if you're fortunate enough to come and we'll maybe schedule something, we're going to do an open presentation for you. You want to see this. You don't want to miss it. Yeah, I've, no, I've seen the uh, school opening shows at the uh, annual retreat in December, and that's that's an awesome time to come down to. A lot of times uh, you repeat the the show at that time, so it's... Uh, very profound and too deep to explain uh, what happens here, but uh, the the kids are a tremendous witness. The community is a tremendous witness, and if you have the opportunity, uh, you you need to come here and see this. It's also the, uh, a place of extraordinary grace and a very efficacious retreat, and that's why. Frank, if they need to get a hold of you, give you your phone number and how to call you. Okay, you can call us at uh, toll-free, 877-936-7686. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And again, the toll-free number is 877-936-7686. Now remember, if you've got one billion ounce of servings of freeze-dried food, when that runs out, what are you going to have? The same situation you have now. So that's not the answer. I'm not saying not to have some time temporary transition as you have along with your civil rounds. Because you do. Because nobody's close to the soil. And you should probably have two or three years of that. But don't bank on that. As your means to live and they recover within three years. Three years. It's not going to. The, the crash is coming. is for the purpose to lead us to a new way of life. A new culture. She is not coming, Our Lady, to resurrect or continue the present way of life in the culture. It's all base from top to the bottom. So take these thoughts in mind. Pray. Follow Our Lady's words. Love her. And we wish you, Our Lady, goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.